This morning, Pete and I are interviewing Brent Phillips from Cherish Uganda. The interview actually took place a few weeks ago and it was for our wider network, Skylark International, of which we're a part. But we didn't want you guys in Chelmsford to miss out. Why? It's a story about incredible courage and faith. And I know that it will speak to us. We don't have to be in Uganda to get something from what God is doing in the wider kingdom tapestry that God is building in and through Cherish Uganda. So I am delighted and excited to introduce that interview. And my prayer is that each of us will be blessed and inspired by what we hear this morning. Well, hi, Skylark International family. We are super excited to be joined on the virtual couch by Brent Phillips, who is CEO and pastor of Cherish Uganda. Now, Cherish is really, really dear to our hearts as a network. In fact, it's part of us and there's a beautiful, rich history. In fact, we um, were actually in Uganda with Bev Murrell at the time where God first planted a little seed into her heart that she and we could do something to get alongside children with HIV AIDS. And so um, we remember that moment. We'd actually traveled out to Uganda to serve at Pete's mum's project, which is in Entebbe. And um, from that trip, something began to crystallize in Bev's heart. Now, there's a super special relationship that, that we share, Skylark International and Cherish, isn't there, Brent? And we would love to know if you could just take us through for the benefits of maybe those people who are newer to the network and maybe haven't heard of Cherish Uganda. How did it all begin? What is the story behind all of this and how come we have ended up to be interwoven together so beautifully in the kingdom? Yeah, I mean, it's quite an amazing story. And you probably should be telling the story since you were there when it first kind of initiated. But, um, uh, you know, I, I've had the opportunity to hear it, you know, straight from Bev multiple times. And that moment when she's there at Mild May with your mom, Pete, and, you know, she's thinking she's just touring this, this facility that takes care of kids with HIV. And she's standing over this, this little cot, this little baby cot, and there's this little baby uh, by the name of Rachel that is in this cot and she starts asking questions Bev does about what well, so how does this all work and a kid comes in and and then what do you do and what happens and in the course of those questions she finds out that children come in and then they they end up in this place and they get kind of they get medically kind of sorted and figured out what ARVs they need to go on and then everything hits pause until there's a caregiver that comes in into being, whether they find a parent or someone decides, I will take care of this kid. And so she starts asking some more questions about this particular little baby, this girl named Rachel. And she says, does this one have a caregiver? Like, is somebody gonna come and take care of this one? And your mom looks at her and says, there is no caregiver for this one. We can't find anyone right now. And so Beth kind of sits back and she's like, well, wait, so if no caregiver comes for this little baby, you're telling me this baby's going to die. And your mom says, yep, that's unfortunately what's going to happen. And that happens here often, unfortunately. And it was at that moment when God said to Bev, you can do something about this if you want to. And Bev reacted as 
very humanly uh, as we probably would have as well. And her response to God was, well, I'm not a doctor. I don't like kids. I'm not moving to Africa. Well, what are you talking about? I'm not, I can't do anything about this. And she did not just write those, those spirit led words off. She just continued to mull and allow God to work and shared them with people like you. And then um, she tells a story of her standing in front of your church. And yeah. I love the fact that I have stood in that very spot because I feel like that's like ground yeah. for Cherish. And I love that. And she, st she stands in this spot and she says, this thing happened. I don't know what it means, um, but I need some people to join me in prayer and see what happens. And like 30 people came up after the service and said, we don't know what it means either, but we're happy to join you. And then out of that was birth these, there was a, a group of nine people who, who, who said, yes, we're in and left, left England, moved to Uganda and just started following the spirits leading. And they, they, there was no land and there was no, any, there was no organization, there was nothing. And they just showed up and said, all right, God, here we go. And those people started working and chairs was birthed out of that. And, uh, you know, you hear a lot of those kinds of stories, but those are often stories that happened with someone else or some other place. And the fact that that happened here is awesome. And, um, and now Lee and I didn't join that until years later, like three years later. Um, but that, that part of the history of Cherish is just amazing. And I love telling that story because God said, do this. And there was a group of people who said, okay, I'm in. Even though I don't know what it means, I'm ready to go. Isn't that just the yeah. coolest um, step of faith? We mm -hmm. remember Bear standing in that same spot in our church that you have later also stood in. And um, we remember those people coming forward in response to her just putting that call out mm -hmm. and, you know, people selling their stuff and just going and leaving, leaving so many different things and attachments behind. And I just want to pause for a moment before Pete um, comes in with the next question, because I feel like that is, it's a hallmark of our network that actually faith, that faith response is, it's such an important part of our DNA that we don't want to be lost as we move forward into the future. And um, as organizations change and grow, sometimes that initial pioneering spirit can be lost in a next layer of bureaucracy or all of those other things that need to come in. But we just want to pause and say, wow, God, it's amazing that Bev, picked up that challenge, um, but that also each of those people responded that day. And may we continue as Skylark International to be those faith-filled pioneers um, and not become too comfortable, too cozy or too slick. Yeah, and most of those people are still in our churches now in the UK and loads of people who join the network would not even know they're just ordinary people going about their ordinary right. lives and you know one couple took their very young children out, out to Africa that's a very scary thing for parents to do we know we know that's something that you've done Brent and you know that it's incredible that there are such men and women and families of faith in this network and that's how yeah. Cherish was started that's brilliant so can you tell us a little bit more Brent about the the vision and values um, and the heartbeat that sort of underpins Cherish today and 
yeah, a little bit more about your vision and values, really. Yeah, for sure. I mean, our our you know our vision statement is to create a hope in the future for children living with HIV. Um, so that's a nice little succinct little put on a t-shirt, you know, kind of phrase. Um, but we truly believe it and want it. Like we want children to have hope. We want children to have a future to understand that the world that they're living in without Jesus um, that feels hopeless doesn't have to be that way. And so we do that through all of the programs that we do at Cherish. And our four values that really drive everything um, are so key. And you could you could walk through the gates of Cherish right now and ask anybody, what are our values? And they, you know, they can rattle them off. And not only just rattle them off, but they can tell you what they mean and why we do them. And even why they do their particular job in regards to those values. The first one is that we want people to connect with Christ. That's like our foundation of what we do if we're not connect, connecting people to jesus we're just another neat organization doing neat things and there's already plenty of those already. and so for us we want to make sure that we are connecting people to christ and then secondly we care for children with hiv for children who are vulnerable um, there's many that have been infected and affected by hiv and so we we take a deep dive into their lives as they allow us to um, in order to, you know, to really walk life and then we do that through the for the sake of the third value which is to change the story there's a lot of really bad stories out there about who jesus is and about what it is and says um, about hiv about the church like there's just some terrible stories like, that are out there and we want to change those stories and then we um, lastly, to make sure is that we continue the calling that God has for us. So we want to, we, we don't want to do things that are just quick, um, you know, band-aids. We want to make sure that the stuff that we're doing lasts for a long time and has a deep, deep impact. And um, we found that the main way that happens is through relationship. And so those four things drive us, connect with Christ, care for children, change the story, and continue the calling. Those just push and push and push everything we do. Wow. That is totally amazing. Now, we have had the privilege of enjoying your company and your wife, Leah, over a nice long leisurely Sunday lunch. <laughs> and we know that there's just story upon story about how lives and the local community and further afield have been impacted by what God is doing in and through Cherish Uganda. You know that when it comes to leadership, nothing really stays the same. Uh, we have to keep moving, we have to keep changing, and God is always innovating and doing new things. And, and we know that there have been lots of exciting new developments at Cherish, from the Cherish that perhaps we knew of in the beginning to now. Can you tell us about some of the things that have changed, some of the yes. things that are happening, and new initiatives on the horizon as well? We're really excited to get up to speed. Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. and the beauty of Cherish is that Really, if you look back at all of the years, like at every kind of season, that team is just pouring in and doing what they feel God wants them to do at that time. And what happens is, as we dig deeper and deeper into the lives of people and into the kind of cultural problems, and you start to just find out new information. And so then things kind of start to shift and change as you continue to find better and better and better ways to minister to vulnerable children. And so, yeah, so at this point, 
yeah, we, we aren't a children's home anymore. Um, we started realizing that the institutionalization of children is it, 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 there's some good parts that we're able to do and some rescuing and some amazing things, but there's also a lot of bad that comes from that. And as we started to realize that, there started to become this almost simultaneously with within government and other organizations, this realization that, wow, we've actually now had enough time to actually look at the data and do the work and realize there's a lot of kids who are delayed in, in development and there's a lot of issues that are happening and we have to start to kind of turn this ship. And so we have actually taken all of those kids who were in homes and re, um, basically put them into family. Um, so kids are now with family as opposed to at Cherish on a full-time basis. Now, the, the crazy wow. thing is you think, why aren't those some really bad situations in some of those homes? And some of those homes have, yes, there's some pretty tough situations in those homes. And not every child were we able to put back with their particular family because we either couldn't find any family members or the ones we found aren't, is not safe. So we do have some foster families and some those kind of situations to keep kids in a family unit, but not um, not quite into their own yet. And so that was a big shift for us. Um, what we have done is secondary students, they have come back to attend our secondary school and they're staying on site in dorms. So primary students, we don't see every day unless we see them at our school, but there are some that we've sent back to families and they're far away. And so we don't have daily contact with them. Um, secondary students, we have almost daily contact with them because they're on site in dorms and we're still able to have a significant amount of in investment and impact on their life. And so it shifted from the focus was all about the child within this home. And there was some family member ministry that we did if we knew who the families were to now we're we're ministering to the entire family. So it's almost like we went, you know, from one to times five per those one, you know, to, as far as the ministry yeah. impact, which has really been awesome and hard and good and crazy and heartbreaking and joy-filled, all of it, all at the same time yeah. as you walk through that with all of those families. So that's changed significantly. Um, kind of two big things that are on the horizon that we're really excited about for 2021 is we started a um, um, hospital back in, I don't know, probably 2015 or so. And yeah. uh, that has been a great opportunity to, again, invest in the lives of our community. And one thing we have kind of held back on is any sort of maternity services. Um, and to be honest, that's probably me that's been holding back on those. And it's really because of fear, because I've had this fear that what if we get mamas in there and something goes wrong? We don't have, we don't have a theater. We don't have, we can't do emergency surgery. Like, what are we going to do? And so kind of held back on that. And we had um, government that was walk, going through our district and doing some training and Wakiso is the name of our district. It's one of the largest districts in Uganda. And they did this training to all these clinics in Wakiso and they came to us last. And I don't know why, 
but they came to us last and they do this training. And then they say to us, why aren't you having babies here? And so we do the standard answer. We don't have a surgery theater and well, something happens. You got to get out. They're like, stop, wait, we've just done all these trainings in the whole district of Wakiso. You're the best one that we've been to in months and months of training. You need to start having babies here and quit being scared of it. <laughs> and so they started walking around with wow. saying, this room could be used for this and this room could be used for this and this is where you need to do this and you guys need to start having babies. So it was kind of a, okay, I guess we can because we were doing prenatal care where we're having mamas come and teaching them about pregnancies and what's the birth is going to happen and you know helping them in that pre-spot and then we're doing postnatal care but it, we have this big gap in the middle and there's these women that are having babies on dirt floors in the village because they can't get to where they need to be. And um, Lee and I have been at many different um, births throughout the years at Uganda in Uganda. And we've been to more births of babies who did not make it than babies who did. I mean, it, there, there is just a significant gap there. And so we're really excited to step into that gap and to be able to better serve our mamas. The cool thing is when an HIV positive mother gives birth in a clinic that understands HIV, that baby will be born HIV negative. And we have the opportunity to step in that wow. gap and- Come on, that's exciting. HIVs, yeah, which is awesome. Um, and uh, as far as like, all the details of that um, program, that's all being worked out and we're hoping early 2021, we start doing babies. Now, Leah is actually our programs director. So she, the hospital and social work and education all fall under her. Then she has key heads in all those departments and all those things. So she is deep into all of those programs. In fact, she's in working at the moment right now or she'd be here with us because of some revamping of hospital stuff that needs to happen in a very timely fashion. So, but it's really exciting that we're gonna start having babies. And then secondly, yeah. kind of the key yeah. thing is once the pandemic hit in, um, in our world, in Uganda, they shut down the schools. So in March, schools shut. Um, and unfortunately they have not been opened up yet. So Ugandan students have been without school for a really long time. And that kind of sent us like, oh my goodness, all these kids of ours aren't getting school. And, you know, you can't really do remote learning and, you know, you can't pass out laptops to kids. And, you know, that's just not an option. And so what it really caused us to do is to take a good hard look at our schools and start evaluating. You know, when you're just treading water and you're churning away at running programs, and then all of a sudden the pause button hits and you can kind of pop your head above the water and go, oh, okay, let's take a look at all this. And yeah. One of the things we realized is that we were having kids go through our programs. And one key thing that wasn't happening is they were not getting good jobs. We started looking around and realizing all these kids that are going through our programs, they're, they're fixing shoes and driving bodas, which are motorcycle taxis and, you know, doing the same kind of running these tiny little shops and not that those jobs are, are jobs that we need to, you know, look down upon, but we're hoping that we have kids that have jobs that are actually going to pull them out of poverty, not keep them in it. Yeah. And so we realized that if we're going to do that, 
a big part of our school has to be skills training and in skills where there is a big spot in the market where people can, where people are looking for good, good kids and our kids can step into that spot. And so the, one of the biggest holes in the market we see is in IT and in, in technical training. And so we are opening up a computer program, computer school, and we've developed two years worth of curriculum that's just finished. Um, Dell Computers has donated 25 computers for our computer lab. Um, we have relationships with three different job opportunities already. Um, one of them being on-site, a, a, a coding center that we're going to run on-site because we're going to teach kids how to code. And yes. Offshore coding on-site in a village in Uganda of all places, which is crazy. Um, awesome. So, yeah, so it's really been awesome to watch that develop um, from a team that got put together. We've been meeting every Monday for probably eight months or so and developing this program. So it's really, really great. So uh, we've already chosen the students. We've already uh, chosen the staff. I'm hoping to start school in the first part of March. Uh, we'll see about that, but that's the goal. So the kind of two big pushes that are moving forward are babies and computers. And those are, we're super excited about both of those. Yeah. That's incredible. Absolutely amazing. We, uh, I mean, I know that we chatted to you a couple of months ago now and you shared some of that vision and our hearts were leaping inside when you spoke about both the whole maternity um, edge to, you know, just developing um, your hospital even more specifically towards that and the skills training. Um, and I mean, it's a long time since we were at Cherish, but we were blown away by your school as was. And so, you know, when you're talking about programs, um, we've seen that everything that you do comes with such a spirit of excellence, but to be able to press the pause button and say, okay, God, actually we can see that there's even more that we can do. I love that about you guys that you're take that opportunity to reevaluate and then to go look there's more that we can do to actually help break this cycle of poverty and whatever we can do we will do um that's it's super exciting you you've kind of touched on this a little already um just in this last conversation but obviously this has been a roller coaster of a year mm -hmm. for everybody all across the world and we know how we have experienced what i call the corona coaster here in the uk um but you know when people get into this mode of just battening down the hatches and everybody's kind of in survival mode, sometimes we can lose sight of how it affects other nations and particularly, um, you know, nations that perhaps are less affluent than our nation. So we just wanted to ask, um, how has the pandemic affected Uganda and has that sort of um, overlapped into you guys at Cherish Uganda and what can we be doing and how can we be praying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think when initially hit and everything got shut down, schools got shut down, Uganda clamped down hardcore to the point that all borders were closed, airports were closed, um, people couldn't even, the only way you could move is if you were walking or riding a bicycle, so no private cars could move, um, and it was quite difficult because a lot of people then at that point who are already on the brink of starvation, you know, have lost any opportunity to work, and so we were able to step in and feed a lot of people, um, thousands and thousands of dollars worth of food um, was passed out to 
again, in partnership to the people that we have relationship with, which was a great opportunity um, for us to step into the lives of those people in that way. And then once the school shut down, it caused us to kind of reevaluate. And then now as the, as the country has slowly opened back up, um, we're now able to get out and move around, not quite to the degree we were before. There's still curfews in place. Um, we're not able to move after nine o'clock at night uh, or before six in the morning. Um, so that, that keeps things a little bit dicey as far as distances we can travel. So we're still a little bit constrained. Um, but for the most part, um, everything is kind of back on track except for the school. And then once March hit, we March hits, we are going to jump back in because we're also revamping our primary school as well um, with a whole new curriculum, which is really going to be based on helping them understand really how to how, read, write, and do your math. But um, how do you communicate and how do you solve problems and some of this abstract thinking that is missing in a lot of the curriculum that we've had up to this point. So, you know, we're going to be running skills yeah. training and then these, uh, this new foundations course that we're running in our primary school, as well as in the middle, we're going to grab a hold of these kids that are in this like eight year old to 14 year old spot that they've never been to school ever. And so as a 14 year old, they're probably not going to go to school. And so we are, are creating an opportunity for them where they will come and we're going to teach them all those same things we're teaching this primary level, but in a way that's um, full of dignity and honor, not, hey, you 14 year old, you're going to have to go sit in a class with a bunch of five year olds so you can learn how to read. Instead, we're going to be building this foundation within them and they're all going to be the same age going through the same group and we're piloting these two groups and then as we continue to work through this first year then we'll just add to those numbers next year and next year and next year so the that's pandemic, a good idea yeah the pandemic has had some terrible things happen but it's amazing how god you know how god takes the bad and turns it into good and pulls me yeah. out of that mess and so yeah that's kind of kind of how it's impactful us um I love the fact that you said dignity and honor. I really, you know, that's part of the pulse of who you are and the, the heartbeat and the, the way that you do things, the way that you treat people and cherish it's with dignity and with honor and with love <clears throat> and respect. It's, it's so beautiful, your, the heart that, that runs behind everything. Now we're coming into land pretty soon. Um, in our conversation that we, we had a couple of months ago, um, you mentioned something that was really incredible. It spoke about the connection, the heart connection that you have with us, that we have with you. And we feel that, that is, that's a real connection. It's something we want to see increase and get stronger and stronger. Um, and you, obviously today, you've spoken a lot about partnerships. You've partnered with people and that's really important. But you felt with us as a network, you said you want to do more than partner with us. You want to be a part of us and, mm -hmm. and really have that total closeness and and we are up for that we we want that as a network yes, we want we to re-establish every single connection that we once had and then build loads more around there as well which is great so how can we as as your family here at Skylark International what can we as churches as individuals as charities in the network what can we be doing to pray to to support to relate with you guys to encourage you and Leah and Cherish and <laughs> how can we get involved what can we do for you yeah um I think that I think the heartbeat of it is relationship, um, you know, because a partner 
we have a lot of partners at Cherish that send money and um, read our newsletters. And that's fabulous because we couldn't do what we do without that. Um, but there's just this smaller group of where we really feel like we're a part of them and that they're part of us. And I think that the, the, the key thing has is relationship. And I think what we found is that the only way to build a relationship is through time. And so what we would love to figure out, a lot of this is even us just trying to still figure it out is how do we build a deeper relationship with one another? Um, when I think of what we're doing in Uganda and what's happening, like for instance, in, in England with all the scholar churches, we're still, we're still leaders running teams. We're still dealing with struggles and problems. We're still trying to, you know, brainstorm new strategies and, and innovate. And so we're doing a lot of similar things, even though it's on separate continents and how great would it be to be a part of some of those, um, you know, like if we were to lay out, Hey, we're, we're trying to solve this problem, X, Y, Z. Um, I need four leaders you think that could spend 60 minutes with me and give me all their thoughts around that and boom. And now all of a sudden there's, there's this whole other thing being injected, you know, from, from this group of people that love Jesus, love the local church, want to build the kingdom and now have an opportunity to speak into something going on in that part of the world. And then vice versa, there might be something that pops up somewhere like we're trying to solve this. And well, guess what? I'm going to jump on a call with you and two of my leaders in at Uganda and we're gonna we're gonna see what God might pull out of that. So I think that's a key piece. Yes. I think that there's this idea that you know in you know Acts 1-8, the whole outermost parts of the earth thing, you know, the Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria parts, you know, the ones that we're all kind of around, you know, at various times, but that outermost parts of the world part, like we don't often get a chance to dive into that. And we'd love to be that part of that calling um and that can happen in so many different ways but um the key a key part of it is through relationship and through prayer and um i think that we need to make sure we're communicating to you what those things are what what's happening there and that there does start to be some um collaboration and some discussion around what's happening there and what's happening here and how they might work together you know, there's also um, the church up in Orkney. They have been sending money to keep our vehicles on the road for years, like years and years and years. That's and years. so cool. Go Orkney. Go Orkney. Yeah. So they, they decided, you know what, what we're going to do is we're going to make sure your vehicles stay going. And it's so cool because our transportation team knows there's some church way up, you know, the the top of the world that is colder than they've ever experienced ever in their life. And for some reason, these people love Jesus and us enough to take care of our vans and our trucks. Um, and I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Where a church just says, Hmm, we got that covered. And, and so what I want to do is I want to make sure that, cause I know there's new leadership up in Orkney. I need to connect Orkney leadership with, with our driver. <laughs> like I need to, we need to get that relationship kindled and going. And so I'm just kind of battling about a lot of this stuff because it's just stuff that's kind of bouncing around in our hearts at the moment. But Lee and I, for us, relationship is everything. And yeah. we believe that it's through relationship that, that 
And this oneness, you know, this unity that God calls us to, that that's, for one, how the world sees Jesus because they watch us work in unity. But two, that's where encouragement and strength comes from because we're all working together as one, not church here and a ministry here and a church here and a thing here. And, you know, we kind of just lob a few things one way or the other, you know, twice a year and hope it works. Um, you know, we, we want more than that. And I know we're a long ways away. You know, Lee and I are in Austin, Texas right now. And that's far from you. Um, but it's also far from Uganda. And, you know, we, we've worked hard to build that relationship with Uganda. And Lee and I were on the phone in meetings every day, connecting with those people. And those people are our family. And, you know, we, we want the same with, with you guys. Yes. yes. Well, so do we. We're up for we it. Are, we are committed Count to the journey. <laughs> and hopefully everybody who's listening to this is like, yep, we're into. Yes, and, yes, um, and yes. Yeah, we're excited to see how what strategies and, and blueprints and ideas that God is going to download to us and to you and how we're going to work together. And mm -hmm. um, relationship and unity, oneness is so critical to mm -hmm. this network. Yeah. And so there's such an amazing synergy. We are excited to see what God's going to build and continue mm -hmm. to build. Yeah, we are. Yeah. We would love, love, love to pray for you, Brent, if we can. Um, and pray for Cherish Uganda as well. So let's do that now. Yeah, awesome. God, I just want to thank you so much for Brent and Leah and for all of the team at Cherish Uganda who are changing lives and helping to break the cycle of sickness and poverty and who are being your hands, your feet, your heart to those around them in such a tangible way. And God, we, we just wanna say we are up for this relationship and we thank you for that beautiful seed of faith that you planted into Bev Murrell's heart all those years ago. And what you have built since then has blown us away. Lord, you are amazing. It's amazing yeah. to hear about um, just some of the new things on the horizon, just even for this coming year. Um, Lord, we want to pray for um, absolutely everything that needs to come together to make that a reality. Because yeah. we know that Brent will have shared that vision, but he hasn't necessarily shared the fact that um, there'll be a lot that these guys are standing in faith for in order to see that come to pass. And so we want to pray, God, for um, just the right people with the right skills to draw alongside that vision, for all of the resource that is needed, for the strategy. And even as Leah is in those planning meetings right now for the hospital, just um, putting together whatever it is that she needs to put together in a time critical manner lord we just want to pray that your holy spirit anointing would be over every single aspect and lord we thank you that there will be uh, babies born who are hiv mm. negative because yes. these guys chose to say yes to you they chose to press the pause button and then say okay what are you saying god how do we how how do we just continue to follow your heartbeat and um, Lord, we thank you that there will be mums who make it through childbirth because these guys chose to say yes. And um, Lord, we, we just thank you too for all of the skills that are going to be taught um, in and through the school system um, as that all um, gets changed and revamped for the, the opportunity with the coding. Yeah. Um, thank
thank you for the provision of the computers, the 25 computers from Dell. But Lord, we, we just want to pray for a deluge of provision yeah. over every aspect yes, um, of that. Lord, I pray that um, you would surround these guys with your faithfulness and your kindness. And at yeah. a time where there has been unrest in Uganda, just at thinking about the elections and all that's taking place, and there is tangible fear in that nation. We just want to pray um, over all those connected in and through Cherish, Lord, that their light would shine, yes. even in the darkness right now, that their light would shine. Um, and God, that, um, that they would know that your glory has risen upon them for such a time as this. And so Jesus, we bless Brent and Leah, we bless yes. Cherish Uganda. Yes, um, and we also just receive them as a gift into this family. Lord, we pray that this would be like a bridge built um, with through flow in both directions. Yeah. Lord, that it wouldn't be um, a one sided relationship where these guys make all the effort to communicate. Um, but Lord, that right now you would just be imprinting into people's hearts across this beautiful Skylark International family as to how they can draw close and draw around this vision, how they can be praying, how they can be investing. Different churches thinking, okay, well, if Orkney have got um, the vehicles, what are we going to do? Um, and Father, I pray that um, there would just be this beautiful cross-pollination um, and that we would learn from Cherish's model. We would learn from their faith. We would learn from um, all their years of experience. Um, and God, I, I just pray for your very best um, over Cherish Uganda and over this relationship moving forward. Amen. 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 Thank you. Well, Brent, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for being with us and sharing so that we could um, reintroduce you to the network and, and, and re-establish this relationship. We're so excited about the future. So yes, thank you are. very much for being with us. We love you. Take care. Yeah.